Welcome to the Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. It is so good to be gathered back with you guys. Welcome. Happy New Year. This is always, it's that week where you don't know, do I keep saying Merry Christmas? Do I start saying Happy New Year? So you just make it all like one phrase, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that. Um, Well, we're going to spend a little time this morning in Psalm 90. This is just kind of a standalone message. Um, And so I'll pray again in just a minute. But if you want to turn there and follow along, you can. The scriptures will be on the screen as we go. Um, but this is a little, I mean, it's sort of a sermon. I'm sort of preaching, but really what I want to invite you guys into is what Moses is doing in this Psalm. It's a Psalm of Moses and he's prayerfully talking to the Lord and considering life. And so as we're, you know, at that transition point, New Year's Eve, moving into New Year's, I just want to invite you Let's, let's sit before the Lord and just consider where we are, who he is, what he's calling us into in this season. And so just a little introduction into this psalm. Uh, most scholars believe this psalm was either or written um, right after or later on as Moses was reflecting back um, at Numbers 13 and 14, which is when Israel has come out of Egypt they're, they're moving towards the promised land and they've sent the spies in to the land. And they've come back mostly with a bad report and the people have, have um, rebelled, the Lord says. Their lack of faith was rebellion. They rebelled against the Lord. They doubted in their heart and chose not to go in. And so the Lord said, okay, then this generation will wander in this wilderness and die there before entering the promised land. And so there's a lot of things in this psalm where he's reflecting on human frailty, he's reflecting on our struggle in this life, and yet ultimately on the faithfulness of God. And so it's kind of this reflection at a big transition point. You know, I think one reason to reflect on this psalm right now at New Year's is we view that a lot of times as a big transition point. Um, We also find ourselves often at a life transition. It might be joyful. Like some of these folks were fired up and ready, right? Joshua and Caleb are like, let's go take the territory. God's given it to us. It belongs to us. And so sometimes the transition is exciting. I'm moving from one season to another. At other times it might be like this, where it's a hard thing. Like this, this transition is difficult. It's clunky. It's not going well. There's disappointment. But the other thing I thought was interesting is it's really possible that Moses actually wrote this years later, just trudging day in and day out the grind of the wilderness, right? We're gonna camp here for a while. Then the Lord moves us. Cool, we'll move over here to a really similar desert area and just kind of just the monotony of that. And so what I love about this psalm is kind of wherever we find ourselves. You know, if you're at a big transition point this morning, or if you're just kind of in the monotony of day-to-day life, I think there's something in here as we seek the Lord and just reflect on who he is and who we are and where we're at. So are we ready to jump into this? All right, well, let's pray one more time. Let's invite the Lord to walk us through this, and then we'll start in verse 1. 
Lord, thank you that you are the everlasting God. Thank you that you are faithful, that you're steadfast, that you're our creator, you're our faithful father. Thank you for your steadfast love that endures through all generations. And Lord, this morning, I I thank you that you can meet each one of us right where we are. Thank you for the truth of your word that anchors us. Thank you that it's the living word. And Lord, our our prayer this morning is as, as we spend this time in your word and in your presence, God, that you would meet us here, that you would make this come alive in our hearts. And so we invite you to come and be our guide this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So there's three kind of big movements, if you will, in this psalm. And the first one, the starting point is, let's consider the Lord. Let's consider the Lord. So here we go. Psalm 90, beginning in verse 1. This is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Friends, it is so essential that we start right here, that we start with God and considering, because everything else that's gonna follow, they're the questions that we all wrestle with. Sometimes they're questions we avoid, we, we stuff it down. We don't want to deal with it. But they are things that all of humanity wrestles with. And it ought to be an anchor to us that our starting point is consider who God is. He's been our dwelling place in all generations. He is a safe haven for his people. And the hope is, as we consider God, that we reflect in our own lives, Lord, here are ways that you have been a refuge, a dwelling place, a place of safety for me in my life. But what I love is Moses says, we can consider others, like we can consider all the generations. Look at God's faithfulness through the years and find hope in that. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember in my moments of struggle his faithfulness in my life. I tend to focus on the times where I felt lost or abandoned or I can, I can just only see where I am. And so I, I love that not only do we have the history of what he's done in our lives, but we have the legacy of a faithful God through the generations. Aren't you grateful for that? And so I, I draw great hope from that. We ought to draw great hope from that. See his faithfulness and that he is the source of our refuge always. And this refuge is the everlasting creator. He's been faithful before he even spoke the word, let there be light. He is from everlasting to everlasting. What's cool about that word everlasting is it can be used as a reference point looking backwards. It can be a way to look back to ancient times, like before I can even recall, way back in those olden days. It's also a word that looks forward almost beyond our reach. Like I'm aware of heaven and it's there and we're gonna live eternally. But if you're like me, if I ever stop to really try to think about eternity, it kind of breaks my brain. Anybody else ever, ever struggle with that? Have you found yourself on a random afternoon sitting and trying to ponder? I wonder what forever and ever without end looks like. 
And my brain just kind of goes, and like the gears get stuck. But everlasting is just kind of as far forward as I can even imagine and beyond. He's the unchanging one. And what I love about that is because he is the everlasting one, we get great hope from the fact that he is everlasting and so is his love for us. The prophet Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 31 verse three, the Lord appeared to his people from far away. I loved you with an everlasting love. That's what the Lord says. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. Why has he continued to be faithful to us? Because we're getting it right? Because we're super faithful and on top of things? Because we're steady and consistent? No. He's remained faithful because he loves us. Based in his own love for us, he is faithful. And so friends, these two verses, they're our anchor point. This is who God is. He's our starting point as creator. He's our home base that we come back to for refuge because of his love and his faithfulness that endure because he is from everlasting to everlasting. Guys, we gotta, we gotta learn to let that be the thing that holds us steady. When life hits, when it's hard, when it's difficult, we hold on to who he is and his faithfulness and his everlasting love. And so Mar- Moses starts there. And so we, we now, in light of considering the Lord, we can now begin to consider ourselves and where we may be at. Apart from him, this is scary territory. But because of him, we can do this. And so point number two this morning is consider yourself, our lifespan, our condition. And so over the next several verses, I'm gonna kind of break this into about three sections here. But over the next several verses, we see some different ways that Moses is considering and I believe we're being invited to consider ourselves. So first of all, verses three through six, right after reflecting on how God lasts forever and he's eternal, He says, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed In the evening, it fades and withers. So now there's this contrast between the eternal everlasting God and our lives here on this earth and just how frail and short life is. And to try to put it in some sort of context, you know, I almost imagine Moses going, hey, my gears started to lock up. So to put it in some context, well, like a thousand years to God is like this just to like wrap our heads around it. It's like a day. No, it's even like a watch in the night. It's like a few hours. And so just this contrast of what it's like for him and what it's like for us. And so compared to the everlasting one, our time is like a breath. It comes and goes quickly. What's what's interesting here is Moses is actually purposely thinking about this. 
Like this is the sort of thing we just sort of avoid, right? Like we just put our heads down, we go about our day, we go about our life, we don't consider this. But we're actually being invited to consider how short life is, how frail we are, to ponder that, to think about it. Um, we had a really hard thing happen this week in our family. On Christmas Day, our eight-year-old dog that we got right when we moved to Knoxville. It was kind of our Knoxville puppy. We got two little puppies from the same litter in 2016. And Christmas Eve, she's fine and normal. Christmas Day starts having problems. And over the next 48 hours, um, it became pretty severe and we had to put her down on Wednesday. And a really like hard thing. And in the midst of that, one of my kids was really struggling with, because we had kind of, when we realized it was declining, she was declining, we called the vet and we kind of set a time to put her down. And then about two hours before that, things got real bad. And one of my daughters was just devastated, like, I don't want that to be the last thing I see or remember of her. Like, I, I wanted to go when she was at peace and just put away peacefully. And we just kind of talked and said, listen, Sadly, this is the way life is. We cannot pick and choose when suffering is gonna arrive. We can't pick and choose the manner or means or timing of death. We can't do that. But what we can do is love each other well, and what we can do is trust God. And listen, if you don't like this theology, we can agree to disagree. But I believe because Claire is important to us that she's important to God and we'll see her in heaven again one day. See, we don't use that to say, well, this isn't sad or hard or minimize suffering. No, our suffering is real and it's hard and it's difficult. But we're anchored in the fact that our God is eternal his promises are true. His love endures forever. And so friends, we can face the reality of the trials of life, our own weakness and frailty. See, facing death isn't just about the moment we die. It's just facing how much we fall short. How often, like, I'm not enough. Like, I don't have what it takes. Like, I wanna be the best husband I can be or the best dad I can be or fill in the blank, but how often just in my frailty, I, I don't quite have what it feels like is needed. Am I the only one that struggles with that? But see, in our frailty, in our weakness, he's strong and he's faithful and we can rely upon him. And so we're able to face the realities of how short life is and the difficulty that we face and trust God. And it gives us purpose and it gives us hope. So kind of a point of consideration here. We are frail. Our time is short. As verse six says, we flourish and we fade. So I'd ask you just to kind of consider prayerfully before the Lord. Maybe right now, maybe this is something you come back to today, tomorrow, sometime this week. But consider in light of God being everlasting and in light of how our life is like a breath, 
just consider how do we handle flourishing and fading? How do we handle flourishing? Like when life is good, am I aware of just the grace of God to bless me in that flourishing and to walk in gratitude and relying on him and not, you know, what I did to accomplish this? Or when, when I'm in a season of if things seem like they're more in the fading zone, things are not going the way I would like, how do I handle that? Do I return to the rock, to my anchor? Let's continue. As we consider ourselves, Moses invites us not only to just examine just the realities of this life, how it's short and how we're frail, he also um, has us consider our sin and the consequences of it. Psalm 90, verse seven. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquity before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all of our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Man, Pastor Jake, this is a great New Year's sermon you're on here. We're talking about death. Now we're talking about God's wrath and sin. Listen, remember our anchor point. Because he's faithful and because he he loves us, we can face the reality of our sin and our struggles and the damage that it causes. And we ought to. Like it says, our hidden sin is before him because it's not hidden to him, right? So will I take note? This is what Moses is doing. He's saying, take note of how God feels about sin. Is he happy about it? Is he passive about it? No. No, it's damaging. It's destructive. It harms us. It harms our relationship with him. It harms other people around us. So he feels strongly about it. He also felt strongly enough about it to do something to help us, didn't he? And so we can face the reality of our sin because we have a savior. We have a redeemer who lives. And so as our days pass, as our years come to an end, there's the sense of just the reality of what sin does. Like how often we are navigating this life separated from our creator and father. Like it's hard enough as it is in our human frailty to walk through life, to then do that, to try to live this life separate from him. And so how does our life end? In a sigh. If I'm trudging on my own, it ends in a sigh. You know, there's two types of sighs, right? There's like the sigh of just like, ugh, you know, this is just the worst. This is not working. I am frustrated, hopeless, discouraged. But there's also like a satisfied sigh. Like, ah, I'm at peace. I'm at rest. If we're willing to face our sin and the consequences of it in light of God's love and goodness, that sigh doesn't have to be the discouraging sigh. It can be the, I've been set at rest. Listen, I don't wanna keep this in the realm of the vague. I want to encourage us, we should genuinely reflect and consider, Lord, is there some sin and struggle in my life that I need to deal with? Remember, this is most likely in light of of this lack of faith in the Lord. Like the people have decided, I'm not going to take the territory and the promised land that he called me to because I'm afraid. 
and I don't trust him, and that looks too scary and difficult. Consider, for me, like, this, this fall, like mid-fall, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was like a couple weeks or a month, but just out of the blue, out of nowhere, Amy and I just hit this weird tension. Like we're 21 years in. I'm not saying it's all been roses, but, but generally we've, we've just been really steady and good. It's, things are healthy with us. And for whatever, it was just tense for like several weeks. It's like, what is going on? It was the smallest thing we were just setting each other off, stepping on each other's toes. And so finally I blew up because that's me. <laughs> I'm not saying that's okay. That's just what I do. So I blow up one night and I'm just kind of really frustrated. And I'm feeling like I'm seeing all these ways that it's whose fault? Her fault, right? I'm seeing all those ways. So I'm highlighting all of those ways that I'm seeing and I, ways that I think she's been feeling. Like you seem to feel like this and you seem to be in this. She just looks at me and she goes, I don't feel any of that. Like I'll consider that, but I don't think that's it at all. She goes, I just don't understand what's going on with you. And I sat there like dumbstruck and I'm like, if this is all me, I, have, I am totally lost. <laughs> I thought this was something you were going through. I mean, I, I, I was confused gen, genuinely. And I didn't respond well in the moment, but the Lord wouldn't let me get away from that. And the next day it was like, dude, this is all me. This is all me. And I need to deal with this. And I had to come back and I had to repent. And I had to start watching what were these things that were going on. And, and the Lord in his goodness, because I was willing to go, instead of me looking outwardly at what I perceive to be her sin, which I can't control anyways, Anybody in here ever tried to do the Holy Spirit's job for him with other people? It goes super well, doesn't it? Yeah. No. But the Lord was able to just kind of touch that thing and go, yeah, buddy, it's this. And put his finger right on it. And I knew, okay, this is me and I got to deal with this. And praise be to God, like a month later, we looked at each other and I was like, I think we're good. She goes, me too. And I was like, I think it was all me. I just had to deal with it. <laughs> and she's gracious. And so she goes, no, no, there were some things I were. I'm like, okay. She said me too, because she's gracious like that. But it, it was me. <laughs> Y'all are like, we knew that, bro. Um, listen, what I'm inviting us to do here is that the Lord is, is safe. Like we have access to the mercy seat. Like it's called the mercy seat, his throne. We come before him to his mercy seat. He's safe so we can do this. We can come just when we're tired and weary and frail and weak and life's hard. And we can come to him when we are the problem. When our sin is causing havoc in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our relationships, we can come to him. And so we can consider our sin in light of the goodness of God. Amen? Anybody grateful for that? So we can consider our frailty, we can consider our sin, and then we should consider how we pass our days. Verses 10 through 12. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble 
They are soon gone and we fly away. Verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So again, he reflects on the years of life and says, listen, even if I get the full span, I get the full number of my days, I make it into my 80s, 90s, whatever, I get the full number, it's still short. Even a long life is short. So what do I need to do in light of that? There's two things he's saying. Number one, he asks a question. Who really considers God? Who walks in the fear of the Lord? That's what he's talking about. Who, who sits according to the fear of you? Who considers God and who he is and where he's coming from? And then in light of that, in light of the fear of the Lord, I'm to learn from him and number our days. I'm to learn from him how I ought to walk. The fear of the Lord gives me this place. You know, I thought about this in light of New Year's resolutions. Like, I wonder how often we're reflecting on things we'd like to do. What are goals that I have, dreams that I have? What are things I want to change about me or about my circumstances you know, we, we sort of go, what, what do I want to see different this year? I wonder how often we're considering, what does he want? What are his hopes and dreams for me this year in this season? What matters to him? What's important to him? We ought to consider that. Listen, we get a beautiful insight into, into how important the fear of the Lord is really throughout Scripture and a lot in the Proverbs but I, I want to go to Proverbs 9, verses 9 through 11. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me... Your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. See, the reality is someone who understands walking in the fear of the Lord wants to be in his presence. If the fear of the Lord sounds scary to you, it, it's a misunderstanding of what it is. It's a reverence. It's a looking to him. It's seeking him for who he is and what his ways are, his desires are. And when we understand the gift of the fear of the Lord, we don't pull away from him, we're drawn to him. And it gives us a sense of aim. Now I know how to number my days. Now I know how to figure out how to walk, how to live, how to operate in day-to-day -day life. It anchors me. And so it gives me my aims. I don't need New Year's resolutions. I need to give him my eyes, my focus, and let him direct and order my steps. And so as we consider ourselves, our frailty, our sin, what we're aiming at, just what are we doing with our time, as we consider all of this in light of him, then we get to this final portion. See, if the first two things we're considering, considering God and considering ourselves, now we move from considering to calling. We call on the Lord and we walk with him.
verses 13 through 16. Return, O Lord. I love this. Moses gets to the end of all this. He's like, man, I've thought about how weak and frail I am. I've considered my sin and struggle. I'm trying to figure out what my aim is in life. And I'm realizing really quick, God, I need you. (laughs) And so as I started by reflecting on you, now, Lord, I'm inviting you. God, would you return? How long? How long will I toil and struggle? Have pity on your servants. Verse 14 satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. What's changed? Is he less frail? Is he less prone to sin? Is he less prone to pursuing his own aims? What's changed? He's reflected on the steadfast love of the Lord. And what does that bring? Rejoicing and gladness. Verse 15, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. He's calling out for a redeemer. God, for all these years of struggle and trial, thank you that you turn all things for good. Would you do that? God, would you restore my joy, my gladness? Verse 16, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. What do we need to do as a New Year's resolution? Figure out how to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and produce a lot of change and do something different? No, look to the Lord. Look at his work. Look at his power. Look at what he is up to and capable of. We need to see him for who he is. Listen, that's what this Advent season has been about, right? Getting our eyes on our Redeemer getting our eyes on Christ, our Savior, our Lord, the one who delivers and rescues us from trouble and sin, the one who sets our feet upon the path and guides us in truth so we can walk following him. And so we see him, his work, his power, and out of that, we can find ourselves experiencing his steadfast love, anchored, in satisfaction, in joy, and gladness because of who he is and what he's done for us. Listen, this doesn't diminish the things that we face or the struggles that we have. It gives us an anchor and purpose and hope as we walk daily. Amen? In conclusion, Moses closes this reflection and this call to the Lord with a blessing. I love this. After just this proper reset, spending this time pondering and considering and sitting before the Lord and calling out to him, there's a blessing. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Now we can go forth day by day, doing what he set before us. Because we're not leaning on our own strength. We're not doing this out of our own wisdom. We're walking with him. Our eyes are fixed on him. And he just sets before us what the day holds. We still don't know. Will we make it those 80, 90 years? Do we have today? We have right here, right now, walking with Jesus trusting him, 
with whatever it is we're going through. I don't, I don't know if this was like heavy, if it was encouraging, but what I hope that it is, is an invitation for all of us to take some time, like at this kind of key transition point. I know it's somewhat arbitrary, right? It's like you, any day you could pause and reflect like this, and it's worth doing. But at a very common transition point for us at the end of a year and moving into a new year, I really want to invite you to do something like this. Slow down, find some time away. Spouses, find some time away and then maybe back together and consider. Remind yourself of who the Lord is and his faithfulness. Consider where you're at. Lord, here's some things that are just hard right now or ways where I feel like I don't quite have enough. Here's, here's just sort of the frailty of life that's been challenging. Lord, here's some struggle, some sin. Would you help me deal with that? Lord, here's what I'm putting my hands to. Here's what my aims have been. Is this from you? Is this what you're calling me to? And then Lord, help me to trust in you and rely upon you. Take some time, pause, consider, reflect on the Lord, reflect on where you are, be honest with yourself and with him and then call out to him because he is the God from everlasting to everlasting. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your steadfast, faithful love. Thank you for your mercy that endures. God, thank you that you are our creator. Thank you that you are our father. Jesus, that you are savior and Lord. And God, I, I pray as we're moving into this new year, maybe a new season in life, Lord, if, if we're kind of more in that wilderness wandering zone of just the monotony, God, would you refresh us with renewed purpose and joy in you that we would see your hand in the day to day as we walk with you, as we love you, as we love others. Lord, if, if we're face to face with this transition point, excited and joyful, nervous, struggling, frustrated, wherever we find ourselves. Lord, thank you that you are there and you are faithful and you are with us. May we honor you and reverence you and follow you each and every day. Thank you that you renew our strength, you renew our joy, you anchor us in your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.